Well, good morning, Citygate Church and all of our online guests. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, to John chapter 2. And we're going to go through a story today, an account, which is probably one of the most famous in the Bible. It's the time when Jesus turned the water into the most exquisite uh, wine that anybody, I believe, had ever tasted. Um, it's an incredible story. There's a big celebration going on. A couple of people are getting married. And I think in their culture, they went on for days. I mean, they really knew how to party. And everybody had high expectations for the feast. And, you know, there was a head of the feast. There was somebody who was in charge of the whole thing. And uh, something went very wrong. Something unexpected happened. They ran out of wine. Can you think of anything more horrific at a party like that than halfway through the party that it all starts to fall apart because there's nothing else to drink? And so we're going to come in um, at verse 9 and only going to read a couple of verses. And it says, When the master of the feast had... Uh, uh, tasted the water that had turned into wine and did not know where it had come from. He says the servants knew because they'd been through the whole thing with Jesus. But uh, it says he didn't know. And so the, the um, master of the feast, he called to the bridegroom and he said to him, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine and then after people have had enough to drink, they set out the inferior wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Some translations say, you've kept the best until now. I want to speak to us today about the best is now in our God. I believe in a God who's a good God, who's got great plans for his people, and that God, no matter what is going on, he knows how to bring the best he has into our world now. I can also say the best is yet to come because now always updates itself. I've said now, now, but in a few minutes time, now's going to be then. And so God is the God of best no matter what time you're in. Uh, that's an exciting thing to me. Um, and so as we begin to think about this today, I want us to, you know, to be encouraged to believe God for the best. I believe God is a God of, of the best. He's not a God of second best. He's not a God of cast-offs and hand-me-downs, even though that's what we experience in our life, and that's great. We've handed down clothes to all our kids. But as a God for whom all things are possible, God is a God who wants to, in every way, pour the absolute best he has into our lives. Um, the first point that I want to say today is that I want to encourage us to dream big. Um, it's very easy to put the restrictions on God that, you know what, you know, God's not going to do much for me. But I love the passages in the Bible that encourage us to dream, encourage us to pray big prayers. There's a verse in the Old Testament in Ecclesiastes, I think it's chapter 5, verse 3, that says the dream comes to pass through much activity. Um, I've spoken on that many, many times over the years, one of my favourite verses. But you know what? God wants us to dare to dream. And I want to encourage you today, with everything that's going on in the world right now, to dream. To not restrict that, that spirit on the inside of you that wants to breathe and stretch out and believe God for great things. Even if you're facing horrendous challenges today, I want to say dare to dream. Even if you're facing hardship and you don't know how to get through it, I want to encourage you to dare to dream. Even if you don't know how to pay your next bill, I want to encourage you to dare to dream. Even if your kids are calling you to pull your hair out right now, I want to encourage you to dare to dream. We have got a God who's got the best for now, so why not expect the best? 
Um, it says in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, it says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. He who promised is faithful. And let us consider each other to stir up love and good works in each other. We spoke last week about stirring up the gift on the inside. Well, now it's telling us to stir up each other. Why? Because God is faithful and God is going to fulfill his promise to your life. I want to encourage you today to dare to dream. In this passage we've just read, it says stir up each other. Another translation says to provoke each other. I like that word provoke. It can be a really powerful work for good, um, you know, but also for, for perhaps, you know, provocation in a bad way. Some people know how to press my buttons, if you know what I mean. You know, to say that thing which just winds me up or to do that thing which just really, you know, grates with my personality. They know how to provoke a reaction in me. That's not the sort of provoking I'm talking about today. I'm talking about let's provoke each other to go higher. You know, with a, you know, perhaps a young um, a child, I know I did this with our children so often. I bet you can't pick that up. I bet you can't jump over that. And of course, when you say something like that to a child, they just want to prove that they can do it. And it, you know, it'll cause something to rise up on the inside, say, yes, I can, I can do it. Well, I want to provoke you today to dare to dream. I want to provoke you today, you know, to come on to think, you know, to think great thoughts in God. The Bible says God will do far abundantly above all we can ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Well, I want to stir that power up today and I want to imagine and dream some pretty big things. You know, I believe we serve a God for whom all things are possible, so let's give him something to work with. Let's give him a dream that only God can bring to pass. That's the sort of God that we have. So that's our first point today, that we dare to dream because God is the God who will bring the best into our lives. The second thing is this, that we often need to put away the old. We need to put away old things. You know, um, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 11 and 12, it says, When I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood like a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, I put away the childish things. Those things were over. I didn't do those anymore. I didn't speak like that anymore. I didn't understand like that anymore. I didn't think like that anymore because I grew up. It says, for now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I am known. You know what? There are old things that we need to put away. There was old wine in this situation and they brought out new wine that was the best. And I want to encourage you today that perhaps you're still on the old wine. Perhaps you're still, you know... Uh, and drinking the old things that God wants you to drink something new today. Perhaps they're old habits that perhaps we need to put away from us. It says in, in um, Proverbs 26 and verse 11, it says, like a dog returns to his vomit. It's not very pleasant for a Sunday morning, is it? But as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool will return to his folly. 
I'm sure all of us, I know I speak for myself, there are things in my life I think, oh, you know what, I just need to stop thinking that or I just need to stop doing that. And I want to encourage you today, if there are things in your life that you can think, yeah, I can, there's a couple of things in my life, there's something in my life, perhaps a habit that I need to put away. God wants to bring his absolute phenomenal best into our lives, but sometimes we're hanging on to some old habits and God wants to say, come on today, let the old habits go. Don't keep returning back to them, let them go. If you're finding that a struggle, well then you can call on his grace to help you to deal with that. The Bible says to go to to the throne of grace and to obtain grace to help in a time of need. And that can be a time where you're saying, this thing's still got a hold on my life. But as from today, even, even today in the middle of this broadcast, you can say, no more. This old habit is going to leave my life because God has the best for me right now. You know, perhaps it's time to let some old people go. I'm not talking about elderly people now, please. That's not what I'm saying. But it says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, it says, don't be deceived. This is an easy thing that often we're deceived by, but it says, do not be deceived because bad company will corrupt good habits. As I think back over my life, there have been people that have been there for a season. There have been, you know, some people that have been there forever. And, you know, everybody invests into my life as I hope I have into other people's lives. But there have been some people that perhaps have been there and really caused a problem. And, you know, perhaps I want to be really gentle with this today, but I want to say perhaps there are some people in your life that it, you need to say goodbye to. I'm not talking about family members. I'm not talking about, you know, work colleagues and things like that. But, you know, perhaps there are some friends that we have around our lives that really are not very good for us. Perhaps they're not encouraging. Perhaps they pull us down. Perhaps they keep telling us you can't do it and it isn't going to work. I want to surround myself with people who think on a greater level than me that say, come Come on, Melfi, you can do it. Come on, you can stretch there. You can jump over that. You can run faster. I want to surround myself with people who are going to pick me up and not put me down. Perhaps it's time, you know, you've been on some old wine or some old habits, but perhaps there have been some old people around your life that it's time to say in a very gracious way, but perhaps time to part ways. I don't know. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you about that. So there's a time to put away the old. The third thing that we need to really understand today is that everything is a journey. Everything is a journey. Um, it says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 18, it says this, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines brighter and brighter unto a perfect day. In my early years, I thought everything was instant. I thought, you know, I can just get everything now. And I got hold of some, some things of faith and faith absolutely works and faith moves mountains and faith is creative and, and all of this. But I've learned over the years that, you know, so often God is interested in the journey, not just the destination. The journey is really important in our lives. Um, I've been asked a number of times, if you could put the clock back, you know, are there things you would adjust? Are there things you would change? And you know what? Actually, I don't think there's a lot I would change. Why? Because everything I've been through has, has you know, created me to be the person that I am today by the grace of God. I've learned through the things I've been through. I've understood other people, you know, through the things I've been through. And um, again, here it says the path of the just. There's a journey to be made. 
It doesn't just happen instantly. If we want God's absolute best in our lives, it isn't just a matter of just saying, God, I believe and I receive your best for today. It's a matter of every day keeping step by step in the Holy Spirit to hear his voice. We've just done a series on Elijah in Citygate Church and we talked about the still, small voice on the inside. And it's so important that we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we make room for him, that we open up our hearts to him, that we still ourselves and we quieten ourselves in the presence of God and say, Lord, what do you want to say to me today? Because that's how we keep in step with him, step by step. Otherwise, it's very easy to perhaps go off a little bit and you don't realise. Perhaps you're not on the path that you used to be. It's a pathway that we want to stay on. That pathway is a, a pathway, the Bible says, from glory to glory. It's a pathway of increase. It's a pathway from faith to faith. As we go on the pathway of life, it's important for us to not hold everything with such a tight grip that we can't at some times just let something go. On a pathway, you know, you often have to pick something up, but you often have to put something down. It says in in Hebrews, it says that we lay aside, we cast aside the sin, and we cast aside the weights on the pathway of life. If we're going to live in God's absolute Best uh, for our lives, there are some things we need to put down on the pathway of life. Let's not fall in love with things that perhaps God's telling us to put down in this season of our um, experience in God. Our fourth point today is that there are no shortcuts. If we want God's best in our lives, there are no shortcuts. You, you know, Jesus Christ was is the greatest example to us of how to live a life that there has ever been. And it's interesting to me, and I understand there's all sorts of you know, answers to this, but he didn't do anything for the salvation of the world until he was 30 years old. He lived a full life before he really did anything. Why? Because he was on a journey... And he had to grow up. You know, it actually says in God's word that he grew in wisdom as he was a child. He grew in spirit. He grew in understanding. And the Bible also says that he learned things through the things he suffered. And I don't believe that was just something on the cross that that's referring to. I believe it's everyday life. As we go through life, we are experiencing things and there are no shortcuts. There aren't any shortcuts to building a house. You know, you can't start with the roof. You've got to start with the foundations. You've got to put on the, you know, the damp course and all this sort of things. I've done some extensions on my house and the previous house we had and I've done some work around the church. There are no shortcuts when you build because if you shortcut, you will only build real problems into the building. And um, I want to encourage us today that as we want God's best in our lives, it's not just something that falls down on our heads. It's something that we build in our lives too and there are no shortcuts. Let's build God's word in. Let's build faith in. Let's build prayer in. So in in the um, situation of an emergency or something where we really need to call on God, we're not trying to exercise then when we should already be fit. You know, it's not the time to learn how to do faith. 
at, at the time when you got to move the mountain. You know, it's good to build faith in our lives before we ever face a mountain. It's good to believe God for healing when we're not sick. It's good to believe God for, you know, for financial abundance when we have no need and to sow in times of blessing. These things are really, really important. There are no shortcuts. It says in Ecclesiastes, um, from um, chapter 3, and the first... And the first eight verses here, it says, to everything there's a season. There's a time for every purpose under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to break down, and a time to build up, a time to weep, and a time to laugh, a time to mourn, and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather up stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to gain and a time to lose. A time to keep, a time to throw away. There's a lot of times here. You know, a time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silent and a time to speak. A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. You know what? There's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. And sometimes we just want to live in the great seasons of life. But often we have to go through a journey as we learn and as we develop strength to get into some of those great seasons. There are no shortcuts. I've already said this, but in my early years, you know what? I wanted everything now. Um, now I'm in my 50s, I look back and I think, I didn't expect some of these things to take so long. You know, I, I was expecting and believing and praying and prophesying that things would hit certain levels and certain seasons very, very quickly. But I've learned, you know what, that it's the journey that is really important because we develop and we build in the journey and there are no shortcuts to that journey. So please don't be frustrated. You know, there are two things that really want to, you know, destroy our lives. Frustration is one of them. And the other one is discouragement. And, you know, we must not allow frustration into our lives. Oh, if only I was there. If only it was bigger. If only it was better. If only it was, you know, more powerful. Or whatever it is that you're thinking. If only the business was more successful right now. If only the family, if only the kids would grow up. I don't know if you've ever said that. There's no shortcuts. You know what? Because the journey is so important. Please don't get frustrated with the journey that you're on now. You know, yes, God's best is for today, but tomorrow there's going to be another best. So let's live in the best that God has for us today because there are no shortcuts. As we've just seen the time for this and the time for that, the time for this, the time for that. You know, the fifth point today is one thing that there is never a time for, and that is a time to give up, a time to quit. It's never time to quit. I've read so many uh, stories of people's lives. I've been inspired by so many experiences that, that, you know, so many people have. Some films, I love, you know, films that are true stories um, about someone's life and their experiences. They really inspire me. They really uh, stir me. And something that just seems to be a hallmark of so many people's lives that inspire me is that these are people who never quit. They never gave up. You know, perhaps they dreamed a big dream, but they never gave up on the dream. 
Perhaps they believed God for great things and they never gave up halfway through. Oh, this is too hard. I'm not doing this anymore. Who knows? You might be just on the verge of that incredible breakthrough. And I believe you are right on the verge of that incredible breakthrough that you've been believing for. Don't quit now. Why don't you say that to yourself? I'm not going to quit. Because we are not of those who draw back, the Bible says, to perdition, but we are those who press on by faith to the saving of the soul. Let's be dreaming dreams that can stand the heat of the fire. Fire will come, but you know what? Where fire hits something that's gold, it will become more pure. It won't be destroyed. You know, the Bible says, For the joy set before him, the Lord Jesus Christ endured the cross, scorning its shame. Why? Because he could see the harvest of souls throughout the generation. He could see that everything he was experiencing, the horrific death on the cross that he was enduring, um, was for purpose and he refused to quit. He refused to quit. He could have called the angels down. He could have got off the cross, um, but he chose to go through it. Why? Because he could see the best was now, the best was yet to come in that situation. Let's dream a dream that can stand the test of time, that can stand the heat of the fire. Let's dream a dream that can stand against discouragement. I've talked about frustration. Um, Our dreams have to be able to, you know, to go through the test of frustration. But we also need to go through the test of discouragement. Things will want to discourage you. Oh man, I have been discouraged so many times in my life. You go for something and you, you know, you put something into motion and then it doesn't quite do what you want it to do or you believe in somebody and they let you down. I'm sure that's never happened to any of us. It's happened to me. Um, and I've let other people down. You know what? It's, there are so many things that we can be discouraged about in life. Um, you know, but discouragement is always a plan of the enemy to get us to quit, to get us to stop. So with those two things in mind, frustration and discouragement, let's make a quality decision today. I refuse to quit. I will not give up no matter what is trying to discourage me or what is trying to frustrate me. You know, the Bible says, even though I fall down, rejoice not over me, O my enemies, for when I fall, I will get up again. It's so easy to lie on the floor in discouragement, but it takes somebody of faith and tenacity to say, no, I dare to believe God's best is for my life. I'm going to get up again and I'm going to run again no matter what is trying to discourage me or frustrate me. As we start to close here today, number six, a great point that I want to make today is this, please don't go back. Don't go back. Just like we read, the dog goes back to the vomit, which is a horrible thing. Let's not ever go back into what we've, you know, stood for so strongly to come out of. Let's, you know, as we we go towards the great new wine that God has for us today, let's not say, you know what, I'm giving up, I'm I'm just going to go back to drink what I drank yesterday. No, come on, my friend, you know, let's not go back. Let's not draw back. If you try to go back in, in your time or in your life or in your relationships or in your finances, you know what? It will be worse than it was before. God's best is for now. And as we press on into everything he has for us, you know what? 
it will come to pass. We read earlier, God is faithful. God will cause his promises to come to pass in our lives. Do not retreat. I think of the children of Israel in the desert. And they were there for 40 years, going round and round and round in circles. And it was their unbelief that kept them there. It was them. They said, we can't go in. We're like grasshoppers. You know, all of that was going on. And they had the audacity to say, let's go back into slavery. Let's go back into Egypt. You know, at least there we were able to have some food. You know, they'd lost sight of the promised land. They'd lost sight of the best which God had for them. So don't go back. And finally, as we close today, I want us to set our faith. To set our faith that God will do something greater in our future than he did even in our past. I can look back and I'm so thankful to God and I remember all of his benefits. And I'm so thankful for everything God has done in my life. But you know what? I'm full of expectation that the best is now and the best is yet to come. It says in Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19, Do not remember the former things or consider the things of old, for behold, I will do a new thing. Even with everything going on around us, God is saying, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth and you shall know it. I will even make a road in the desert, and I will make streams in the desert. God's doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. Let's not think back to the past in some romantic, wasn't it great back then? You know what? These are the best days right now. Here are the best opportunities we have. So stir your faith and set your faith today that God's got a plan for your life. Set your faith today that God will do supernatural things to show himself strong, even if it means turning water into wine. He can make a jar of oil continue to pour out even when it should be empty. He can make a bin of flour keep refilling. He can feed 5,000 men besides the women and the children with just five loaves and two small fish. Our God is a God for whom all things are possible. So let's set our face and our faith. The Bible says set your face like a flint and set your faith towards your future for all those new business deals that God wants to bring into your life, the new people and the new relationships that he wants to bring in that are going to build you up and not put you down. To set your faith for new opportunities in your life. There are opportunities every day. We are those who are blessed in order to be a a blessing to the people around us. There's opportunities every day to bless somebody else. There's opportunities Everywhere you look and God wants to show himself strong today. I'd like to pray right now, friend, um, because I I believe that that is a powerful word today that God wants us to embrace and to live out in our lives. So, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are the God of the best. And Lord, we understand everything's a journey and perhaps now we're not in the best place in that journey in our lives. Perhaps there's frustration or discouragement around. Lord, perhaps things haven't turned out the way we expected. But Lord God, we thank you that you're a God who today wants to say the best is now. And Lord, we stir our faith and we embrace your word today and we declare it shall come to pass in our lives. And we pray it in in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 
So I hope you've been encouraged by that today and it's you know, strengthened you on the inside. But perhaps you want to ask me a question today and say, who is this, who is this person you're talking about, the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, perhaps you've heard the name, perhaps you've seen him in a stained glass window somewhere or, or as a colouring book as a child or, or perhaps you've, you've seen things on TV which really paint a picture that Christianity is so out of touch today. Why on earth would I want to believe in God? Well, I want to say to you today, friend, that God loves you and he's got a plan for your life. In fact, he demonstrated his love so powerfully, he sent his only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to this earth um, 2,000 years ago. Everywhere he went, the Bible said he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil and by life circumstances. He went about and he showed people his love and his compassion. And in his authority and in his power, he set people free from the most extreme of circumstances. That same Jesus Christ today loves you and wants to come into your life and completely transform you from the inside out. For me, that happened 35 years ago. You know, I was in a service somewhere. I don't know. I can't really remember how I got there. I've been raised in a Christian, you know, family of sorts, but, but it, you know, it, it didn't in any way mean anything to me personally. I had no relationship with God. In fact, I really, uh, you know, hated the concept of church. Um, but I ended up in this service and somebody put out a bit of a challenge. He said, if you've got the guts to even accept there could be a God, then you need to know. And I can remember, I don't know if I prayed it out loud or if it was in my mind. I can't really remember. But I said, you know, I said, God, if you're real, then I want to know. You know, if this is true, then I need to know. If you died for me, then I need to know. If you love me and have a plan for my life, then I need to know. And I want to encourage you today, friend, to reach out to God. He's here for you today. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's within your grasp today. And you might say, well, how do I do that? Well, I'd like to encourage you to pray this prayer with me, which says, Lord Jesus, I want you to be real in my life. I want this to be real for me. So I'd like you to follow this prayer with me and everybody who's watching today. Let's say this, Heavenly Father, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you sent your son to die on a cross and to be raised from the dead to give me life. I ask you to come into my life, Jesus, to be my Lord, my Saviour and my friend. I receive your grace and I receive your forgiveness today and by the help of your power, I will never be the same again. I thank you, Jesus, for transforming my life. Friend, if you've prayed that prayer today, We'd love to hear from you. Um, you've given your life to Jesus in that prayer. The Bible says, if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. You've now come into the family of God. And so from this point on, I've talked today about a whole journey, a life's journey. Well, you've started a brand new journey today. We'd love to hear from you. But I want to say have a fantastic week um, and I will see you next week for CityGate Online.